Hey guys, what's going on? You're tuning in to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev. Um, if you guys don't know what's going on here, and this is maybe your first uh, one that you're tuning into, I'm going to give you guys a short little brief description, but if you want the full thing, you can go back to the first episode that we have. So either scroll down on your screen or click back and then go back down to number one. It's a short little a podcast, about 20 minutes, and uh, the first 10 is where you can really get the information on where this came from, uh, where this podcast came from, excuse me, and, and what this is all about. But the short is, what I'm doing here is interviewing real young adults who have real stories and real resolutions with mental health issues. Now, that doesn't mean that the resolutions are something like, oh, they're living some perfect life or something like that. That's not the case at all. Resolution, in my mind, means that we have come to a place with our mental health challenges that we can live an otherwise normal and fulfilling life. And when people go through that and they get to that point, it is super inspiring. And I've been able to have some awesome people on so far. Today is absolutely no exception. Um, I'm actually super excited the way this podcast is going because this is about the fifth episode uh, total. So it is a relatively new thing, just about a month now. And the last one that we just did uh, with Lily Riley, I mean, that absolutely took off. It was awesome. The feedback we've I've gotten and have been getting from that is just so powerful. So it just goes to show, uh, first of all, we really appreciate everyone who does reach out because, you know, not as many people um, reach out that actually listen to it. But when we get that feedback and I know, hey, uh, this is a good thing to be doing, then that makes it worth it, right? Because I don't want to spend my time doing something that's not actually helping people. So we really appreciate any feedback like that. And please um, let the speakers know as well, because uh, the one guest that we have today, I'm going to, you know, shout her Instagram out and stuff at the end and all that kind of stuff. And, and please, if what she says today helps you guys in any way, uh, feel free to shoot her a DM and, and let her know, because that just means a lot to us and things like that. So um, without further ado, I want to check. Janelle, are you there? Can you hear me loud and clear? Yes, I can hear you, Evan. What's up? Perfect. Perfect. So thank you so much for being on. Um, Janelle is someone that I met uh, just about last year, actually, in kind of a, uh, we had a mutual friend group and it was funny because at first, you know, I didn't know um, Janelle had dealt with any of this stuff. And then at one point she posted something about, I remember her um, really not liking planes. And if you guys listen to that first podcast, um, I'm like the king of that myself. Like I absolutely hate planes. I've been able to like get myself to a point where I can get on them, but I totally you know, empathize with that. And I've realized actually a lot of the mutual friends that we were hanging out with have um, honestly overcome some really cool things. And I think that's the total phrase that birds of a feather flock together is, is totally true. Um, so, you know, that's how kind of how we got connected. And um, I actually reached out to Janelle personally. She didn't um, even apply first. Like I reached out to her just because I wanted her to share this story with you guys. And, you know, she took the time to go do this. So I'm really appreciative of that. But Janelle, if you've heard the podcast at all, you know, I like to just kind of jump right into this. And I always ask the same first question every time. Um, and I just do that because I think there's a point to doing that. And I'll say it after you share um, whatever your answer is here. But I always like to ask people, what was Janelle like as a kid? And I mean, like the good stuff. Like, what were you like? Hmm, as a kid, do you mean like, like what age? Give me an age range. Sure. <laughs> I'd say about, <laughs> I guess when I think kid, I'm thinking like, you know, that kindergarten to sixth grade kind of thing, like the five to 12. Okay. Yeah. Uh, during that time, I was an extremely hyper child. I was always laughing, bouncing off the wall. Um, I just was your all around happy little blonde haired, blue eyed, cute little kid that <laughs> was also weird <laughs> at the same time, but like 
yeah, I don't know. I was just always happy, always laughing. And um, I had a great life, you know, never had any any issues growing up, really. Right. Yeah. And you grew up on the Jersey Shore, right? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up right on the Jersey Shore, um, you know, summers by the water with my family, um, going out on the boat, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of my life growing up. That's awesome. So what would you say your favorite thing to do was or your favorite like subject to study? I mean, I know kids don't really like most stuff in school, but like, what would you say your favorite thing was back then to do either to do or like to study or do in school? Um, in school, my number one biggest favorite subject, and this was throughout all of my schooling was hands down math. I love math. Sounds so weird. But like, that was just my favorite thing. Even when I was younger, I was like, I want to be a math teacher. Like I want, you know, all this <laughs> stuff like that was I, I love math. It's weird, but I love it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, total math there myself. And that's always cool. I love these uh, podcasts for this reason as well. Like I learned things about people that I didn't even know. I would not have guessed that. So that's cool. But um, I told you guys I was going to I was asking that question for a reason. And if you've heard the other podcasts, it almost sounds like I'm a broken record in the beginning of these things. And it's important, though, because the reason I asked that is because a lot of people have this notion or belief in their head. Um, even myself at one time, I guess that a lot of people that deal with this stuff, it's just always been a thing, right? It's something, oh, you're born and oh, that person just was prone to anxiety or prone to depression. But what I found so far, um, because that's not, it's not like that's impossible, that could happen. But what I found so far from the people that I've interviewed for this podcast is most of us started out on uh, an otherwise normal foot, would you say? You know what I mean? It's, it's an otherwise, okay, pretty normal life, nothing um, too crazy to say that was going on. And then over time, things kind of happen. So that's where I kind of transition. And I always like to ask, like, when and how um, did the issues with mental health, like begin? And I know that's like a loaded question. So feel free. I mean, tell as much as you want. But like, when did it go from, okay, as you said, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, cute to hell running around bouncing mm -hmm. off the walls to, okay, now we might be dealing with something. Yeah. So um, for me, like I said, I always grew up super happy. All my friends that I was around, I was always the hyper funny friend. You know, I was like life of the party, parties of an eight year old and um, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, I, you know, no issues growing up. And I actually really agree with what you said in regards to like a lot of people that have dealt with issues. They grew up in a rather um, kind of like humble upbringing, like nothing was an issue. And uh, then things kind of changed all of it. And sure. that definitely was the case for me, I would say, um, well, just to kind of preface everything, a lot of the things that have happened to me or that I've like struggled with whatever have surrounded, been surrounded by relationships with other people that I've been in. Um, so a lot of it will reflect back to that. But kind of like the first serious, I guess, ish relationship that I ever was in, when I was younger, um, believe it or not, unfortunately, at a really young age was an abusive one, um, mentally and physically. So kind of going from this super happy person to, you know, having someone that, you know, verbally put me down and just really made me feel worthless and kind of sucked everything out of me. Um, it completely changed my composure as a person. Honestly, for the rest of my life, it's something that I think only up to maybe like two or three years ago, I've kind of switched away from, but um, yeah, that was kind of the turning point. Um, like I said, the relationship was really, it was definitely more verbally abusive. Like anything physical was kind of like towards the end when everything mm -hmm. ended, but um, sure. you know, just being told that 
being controlled by someone being told that you can't wear a certain thing or you can't do this or you know you're oh can i curse on this podcast by the way um <laughs> yeah just keep it like you know kind like, of tasteful, tasteful okay cursing, yes. okay or like <laughs> being told that like you know you look like a, a hoe or a whore like whatever it is like things like that when it was like me doing nothing wrong um mess with my head a lot and it made me feel unworthy and that I couldn't amount to much and that I wasn't worth a lot and then going through feeling very trapped in that type of relationship and not knowing what to do about it didn't have anyone really to vent to about it Um, I had like maybe one or two people that kind of knew but I bottled it a lot Um, it completely changed my demeanor and it really made me go from this really happy person to someone that like you know, some of my friends had to like check up on me to even see if I was okay because everyone thought I was like depressed. And I mean, I was, I was like, I was really not okay. But um, yeah, I think that was kind of that situation was the very first turning point that caused any type of, um, you know, issue in my life. Okay. And I mean, unfortunately, especially the more and more I get into this stuff, I'm just realizing that kind of thing. And it goes both ways. I I absolutely think it's more represented for unfortunately females, but it does go both ways. A lot of times. I mean, when, so that's the first serious relationship for some people, you know, that's their first serious relationship. They consider that at like 13, 14 years old for others. That's 20 something. I mean, when was that, did that start for you? Yeah, it was definitely like that 13 year old range. Okay. All right. Got it. And what was, I mean, going specifically to this, what was kind of the thing that ended up if I can ask this, I mean, you know, I don't ever answer anything you don't want to, but what, what kind of ended that? Cause obviously you're not in that relationship now. And I think a lot of people, again, especially based on the last podcast are going through something like this. And if they might be listening, like what is the way that that ended or that they can get out of something like that? Um, so for me, it definitely was people that were close to me starting to realize what was going on. Um, and, Honestly, I'm just going to dive deep into this right now. But please, please. Yeah, during that time is, um, I went I went through a couple of things during this relationship. So I ended up having a really serious uh, injury during that time. Um, I cracked my skull open. I, long story short, wasn't supposed to make it. Um, all my close friends were kind of told that I had a certain amount of time to live and like all these different things. And um that brought on a whole other issue in and of itself. But with that going on with the relationship I was in um, and feeling depressed, feeling lost, like I said, I was super young, like super, super young and going from never having to handle my emotions in any type of way to having all these things happen in my life. I had no idea how to release any of my feelings. Like if I was upset or if I was angry, I just felt the emotions inside of me and I bottled them up so much that I was like, I need to get them out. I need to release them. I need to do something. And um, unfortunately I fell into self-harm for probably about two years. Um, I, you know, cut my wrists. I was really, I was really depressed. And for me, that was my only escape. That was the only thing I knew to Mm -hmm. really start to, I don't know, like let my emotions out in any type of way. And, um, my like absolute number one best friend, she was like the only person at the time that knew that this was even going on, that this was a thing. Um, you know, my mom did find out at some point, but I always like tried to hide it from her because I was like, I don't even want her to think about that. Like so many things, but, um, 
yeah, that was going on during all of this. And um, it controlled my life. It completely took everything over. Um, Like I would spend my days waking up upset, depressed and have to go to school. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, like, I can't wait to come home so I can hurt myself. And that was that was rough. That was hands down the deepest and darkest place I've ever been in my entire life mentally. Um, But yeah, it was kind of after I honestly like I think the biggest thing is that one people started to notice big time that something was wrong with me. And I didn't like being judged in that type of way. So I knew I needed to change. But also, I straight up like got sick of my own shit. And I was like, you need to change something. And even though I was young, I still recognized that something was wrong with me and that, you know, the way I was going about things, like I couldn't keep doing it forever. And I didn't want to be depressed forever. I didn't want to keep self-harming myself. I didn't, I didn't want any of these things. And um, it took a while for me to kind of realize that like, okay, you know, all this is stemming from not you, but it's stemming from external forces. It's stemming from a relationship extending extending from you know what people are saying to you or this person is mm-hmm. saying to you so that just clicked in my mind and I you know kind of told my mom about it a little bit and finally just like mustered up the courage to be like you know what I just need to cut complete ties with this person and just I don't know let go in some type of way so I just that was kind of my turning point uh, for me mentally and physically to just be like, I'm done. And I walked away from the situation. So that was. That okay. Was it. Got it. Got it. So I guess in a way then for other people out there listening, a way that you could say that almost is you have to realize, and this is tough, right? We have to like realize like our own self-worth and be like, Hey, you know what? This is happening for a reason. I don't want this to happen anymore. And um, I mean, obviously that's gotta be tough. Right. But would you say that's kind of what you're saying is, you know, realize what we are worth and then, if that person or that something in our life is not serving that worth, I mean, we got to, we got to cut that out. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. And I, I wish that there was almost like a different type of, like if there's someone listening to this struggling with this type of situation, like I wish there was an almost easier answer that I could give, but for me personally, you know, it's coming down to that realization that like you are worth more, you deserve more, you are capable of more. And if, something is in your life that isn't 100% fulfilling you, it does not deserve to be there. And when you can, once you hit that like realization and you recognize that, um, that will be the changing point for you or kind of really turn things around for you. And I mean, I can just say that it's, it's hard to come to that realization because a lot of the times people are clouded by, um, you know, being blinded by someone else's opinion in a relationship or not having anyone to turn to. Um, So it's difficult, but it's, it's in you. It's definitely in you to come to this realization and be like, you know what, I have to step away from whatever doesn't serve me at the moment. Sure. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, it is. It's within all of us. Right. But yeah, the longer we go, it kind of, it's a very tough thing. And um, I, I like that you're honest about that because that's the number one thing, right? Is none of this is easy. It's just trying to show people um, through these stories and stuff like that, that it's always worth it to get help long-term or do something long-term even if it's tough in the beginning and that first conversation, that first, Hey, you know, I don't think we should be together or whatever. That is, I mean, they're extremely tough conversations. Right. And at the same time, you probably care about this person to some degree in your case. And even if they're, you know, treating you poorly and that makes it even um, more rough. So 
this is just a really interesting follow-up considering um, the story that we had last week. And for the viewers out there, I mean, this wasn't actually planned like this. I didn't know Janelle was going to be on this week. So it's kind of weird how this happened. But I, I'm curious to hear your opinion. I mean, is there some things that you would recommend people look for in an abusive type of relationship? Because one of the things Lily had said last week was, you know, she didn't No, She said no one really starts out like that in her case. In her case, she found that no one really started out like that. They may have seemed like normal people to begin with. And then over time, they almost seemed like, hey, oh, I can get away with this. Oh, that means I can get away with that. Do you find that similar? Or I mean, was there like what kind of warning signs would you tell someone else to look for? Oh, yeah, no, that is 110% spot on. Um, That's exactly how it happened for me. I mean, you know, this person in the beginning, everything was great, like, you know, good relationship, you think everything's gonna be completely fine. Um, And then same exact thing, you start to notice these little things. And, you know, they, I always say that they try to see what they can get away with, literally, like what you just said, Um, you Mm -hmm. know, if they tell you, you can't wear this, or you can't hang out with that person, or whatever the case may be, um, that's what they try to get away with. And if you allow it, they push it further. So I guess some warning signs that I think are big red flags, regardless of anything, but that just show a controlling nature is, um, well, controlling, like a control aspect of things in general is, you know, trying to control who you talk to, like who you have contact with, um, especially if it's, a boyfriend trying to tell you that you can't talk to other guys um, or you have to delete their numbers or do things like that. Um, that's super, that's a big red flag right there. Um, someone trying to control the clothes that you're wearing and telling you that, you know, if you get all dressed up and you look pretty and they kind of look at you and they're like, okay, well, like, you know, you look like a slut or something like that. Like that's a controlling nature and no one should ever say that to someone, especially if they claim they love them. Um trying to, or like always being overly concerned of their whereabouts. So if they're constantly contacting you because you didn't answer within like a 30 minute time period, um, that is also a very big red flag because they're trying to control what you're doing at all times. Um, Little things like that, I think are some of the biggest. And also if they, if you ever notice like them have a random outburst of anger that seems to come out of nowhere, that is something a lot deeper um, rooted within them that they are showing glimpses of and honestly will only escalate and only get worse as time goes on. So I think those are some of the biggest ones um, that are kind of red flags right away. Wow. And listen, I mean, obviously, you know, the whole point of this, I mean, this isn't a comfortable thing for me to say, but the whole point of this is to, uh, you know, be vulnerable with everyone and that. <laughs> Uh, includes myself, just not the people I'm interviewing with. And I almost, it, it kind of took me back a little bit in a pretty uncomfortable way to hear you say those things. Cause other than, you know, really the part about like the clothes and stuff like that, I think back to like high school and I was really like that. Like a lot of the things you said, and that's just the truth. I mean, I would never, um, I know you had mentioned physical abuse. That's not something I would ever engage in. I, I hope I wouldn't have if I'd gotten worse, but it was like a controlling type of thing for sure. And I look back and first of all, I would never justify anything, right? Because we need to be responsible for how we treat other human beings. Like that's, it's one thing how we treat ourselves; It's a whole nother thing, how we're, how we're treating others. And we always need to be responsible for that. But if there's guys like listening to this right now, um, as a guy who's been there with that kind of stuff, the truth is at that time, the re one of the reasons, again, not justifying, but uh, something that preceded me acting like that was, I mean, I had a whole slew and laundry list of issues myself. And, 
all these things I wasn't work on, working on in completely low self-confidence. I was only ever concerned with, you know, where they, you know, my partner was going or being or who they were talking with because I felt like I was a loser. You know what I mean? So if you're confident in yourself, you don't have that. So my message is, I mean, guys, if you're listening to this and that relates to you at all, you, you got to have the courage to work on yourself, man, because, and this, I mean, it goes guys and girls, but obviously we're talking about a very specific thing right now that I think is more representative of guys to females. When we do not work on our own issues, unintentionally or intentionally, we're going to take that out on everyone else. And if you've heard my story before, that's what I talk about. Like, it took so much to actually have that aha moment and realize what I was doing was affecting other people. So I don't want to go on a sidetrack here where I'm talking about something in my life. But I just what you just said, I was just like, it was one of those really uncomfortable moments, right, where I'm sitting in my head, like, just thinking, wow, okay, that was pretty much me to a T. And, you know, th there is absolutely a solution to that. But we got to be willing to have the courage um, to speak up and Guys, I promise you, like, I know it's uncomfortable talking about emotions and stuff, but that's a better fate than doing stuff like this. And you're treating people who don't deserve it poorly. So um, that's my only little side note interjection with that. But I really appreciate that, too, because that's just, you know, it's good stuff to look out for. And then if people, since you and Lily totally agreed on, hey, this is a very similar thing, right, where it doesn't start out like this and it gets progressively worse over time. Hopefully someone can take that and say, hey, you know, this is a sign of a bad relationship from the get go and then get out. Cause unfortunately I know the longer it goes, you know, the more attached we get to the person and the more we want to believe we could fix them or help them or something like that. Um, even if it's not always the case and it's not our responsibility to fix anyone, right. They got to do it um, themselves. So yeah. I guess this is kind of similar because you, you said, you know, a lot of you or what you said with um, ending the relationship had to do with you realizing, Hey, all these things are going on uh, with yourself. But I always like to ask, you know, when did you realize that these were, like the things that you dealt with were an actual issue. Like depression was depression and self-harm was self-harm because I find universally almost the day that we start dealing with mental health issues versus the day we actually say, oh, I have mental health issues and this is the problem affecting my life are usually two separate days. And sometimes there's a lot of time in between that. So would you say this all happened at once and that's what led to the relationship thing? Or did you continue to deal with certain things even after the relationship and then realize um, later that something was kind of an issue with the mental health stuff? Um, I would say almost a combination of both. So I, like, I knew what I was doing was wrong. I realized it was wrong and um, I was trying to stop. I was venting to my best girlfriend um, who's been my best friend my entire life, um, my best guy friend at the time. I, I was begging for someone to help me, but I didn't want to put myself out there. So I guess in that sense, um, it wasn't a cry for attention or anything like that. Like a lot of people think when people are struggling with like self-harm or whatever, um, or just relationship issues. But, um, yeah, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong with me. Like I said, that's why I kind of kept my circle close, but I was also begging for someone to help me, but it did also, uh, transpire into the relationship that I was in prior, uh, after that, after that, because I, I definitely was not fully mentally okay, even going into the relationship that followed that. And that was, um, a whole, whole other story. I think that whole relationship. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're cool with that, I mean, that's, I, I would actually love to like jump into that. Is that something you're okay with talking about on this? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. Totally fine. Okay, um, cool. So when you say like, yeah, that trans, like, what is that transition? 
Um, okay, actually, whew, it just like clicked for me, actually, I think right now what the biggest transition was between the two. But um, because I was dealing with the things like depression and um, self harm and stuff like that, and I was looking for someone to help me, um, this other person came into my life after the end of this relationship. Um, I dated this other person for four years. Uh, it was ever- great, amazing, everything wonderful. Um, and I found myself in a way, I had no time in between the first relationship and the second one to be Janelle and to find me or to do anything like that. So within the second person, it's almost like I looked for the cure. I kind of looked for my crutch in a person to heal me in some type of way. I looked for someone to be there for me. Um, to make me feel loved. And I I mean, in every sense, that was the case, you know, there was never any, even with fighting, it it never got horrible until like the end, um, due to other reasons, but which I'll go into. But um, yeah, like everything was perfectly fine. And like, that's what I wanted. So I put all of me and all of my issues and emotions into this other relationship in a way to try to heal it, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. I think, um, again, I think, unfortunately, this is all too relatable. I kind of, I don't want to say the word like, but I appreciate where you're going with this, because I think this is going to be huge for um, a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, um, do you want me to just kind of keep going right into that whole relationship? Story? Yeah, I mean, again, whatever you're comfortable with. And if you don't mind, that'd be Yeah, that'd be great. Because the relationship things are just it's so huge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so background story of this relationship and everything that kind of went on. Um, like I said, we dated for about four years. Um, everything was great, totally great. Um, and then probably about the two, two and a half year mark, I think I would say into the relationship. Um, there were some issues that started to come up. Um, there was cheating that had happened during that point, um, that I had to work through, which again, did not help the whole issue of me kind of feeling worthless. And I think that that uh, came back up during that time. But, um, you know, I forgave and kept going all this stuff. But this person who was really had everything like going for them, um, unfortunately, fell into the trap of drug addiction, and specifically heroin. And um, I was unknowing, I unknowingly, like, I had no idea that any of this stuff was going on until I was kind of brought to my attention by a friend at one point. Um, that like, hey, you know, I think so and so is doing this, or I know for a fact that they are. And um, I just, you know, brought it to their attention and kind of freaked out and all that stuff and was sworn up and down that it was all a lie, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they um, were becoming a full-blown heroin addict, and I had no idea it was going on. Um, a lot of people probably or maybe might hear that and be like, well, how did you not know? But, like, trust me, someone can be really good at hiding things if they're trying to hide something. Um, mm-hmm. So that was hidden from me. Um, I ended up staying with the person. They eventually came clean and told me what was going on, um, but they told me as they were being um, sent away to rehab. So that is when I literally found out like in the hospital as they were going away, that that was what was going on. Um, which again was absolutely like heartbreaking to me. I like remember it to a T I actually remember the morning that it happened. Cause I had, <laughs> I had gone to a car accident that morning and then that oh, was what geez. I dealt with afterwards. Me. Yeah, no, that, that was that day. Um, yeah. So 
that happened. And um, I stayed with the person during uh, their time at rehab because I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to be that person that was their crutch. I wanted to, I wanted them to come out of it and look at me and be like, wow, my partner is the person that saved me. Um, so I, I went through the meetings at the rehab place with him just to kind of really understand his mind and what was going on and how to be as supportive as I possibly could. Um, and you know, everything was good for a while after that he got clean, everything was great. And I was kind of like, you know, that was your one and only chance. If you F up again, like, you know, I'm done. Um, (laughs) and unfortunately it, it did lead to that point, um, where he did, he did fall into that trap again. Um, and yeah, that, that was probably the hardest aspect of it because, um, I physically almost lost him three times due to, uh, overdoses, which when it's someone that you at the time envisioned, you know, marrying or whatever, it was, uh, very, very difficult. Um, but yeah, that whole relationship and everything that went on with that and even me having to break that off was probably one of the, it was hands down actually the biggest like pivotal moments for me, um, in regards to healing myself. Okay. Um, because it was once all that happened and he was no longer there, I had no idea who I was. I did not know who to lean on. I didn't know who Janelle was. I didn't even know what Janelle had interest in. I didn't even know, you know, what I wanted for my life because I was so invested in another person. Um, And I was so invested because I was still trying to heal myself. I was still trying to, you know, not be depressed and have someone love me and care and all that. And um, it wasn't until after that was over that I realized this is my time to kind of reclaim everything for myself and like, take back my power and really discover who I was without anyone else in my life. That's so cool. Okay. So where, just to put it in perspective for people, I mean, I know of course, but what what age is this happening? Like when did this, this moment kind of occur? Um, This whole like transformative moment happened for me when I was, I think it was, so the relationship lasted for a long time. Relationship was like from, uh was I 14 I think like 14 to like 18 or 19 um yeah yeah so this kind of happened at like 19 I think 1920 okay yeah so okay and then when this happened because obviously this is kind of like if I'm not mistaken this is the start of overall things getting kind of turned around and then getting to where you are today correct mm-hmm. so wh- okay so what happened after that like you know that's relationships over you're at this moment where you're saying, wow, like, I don't really know who Janelle is and and I want to figure out who Janelle is, right. And what she likes and what her aspirations and goals are. Like, what was the next thing that happened after that? Like, where did you go? Yeah. So after that, um, I, it's like crazy, probably a lot of people won't do this or maybe haven't done this, but if you're listening and this is like inspires you, like definitely go do it. Um, it was in that moment. I remember specifically sitting in my apartment dorm room at college and, I have like this little dream board that I always carried around with me everywhere. And one of the things I've always wanted to do was go and live in Germany. Um, I'm German. My family's German. I just have always had an urge to go there. And I kind of had that like rebellious moment of like, you know what? I'm single. I have no one holding me back. I have no ties here. 
And I don't know who I am right now. Like, why don't I literally cut ties with everyone I know, even including like family and just go live in a different country, put myself in the most uncomfortable situation I possibly could, including a nine hour plane ride by myself um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the very first time, very first time. And, um, you know, just take this time to go to explore and find my soul and like find who Janelle is again. And um, that, that was it. That was the moment that brought me back to who I am and what I want in my life. And that's so cool. Cause that's like, like, it's like a movie, you know what I mean? In a way, it's like, you just, all right, I'm going to pick up and pack up the bags and I'm going and I'm going to Germany. And would you say, I mean, there's obviously, you know, not everyone necessarily can do that, but I think a lot of people think about something like that, maybe not specifically Germany. Right. But they're like, you know what? I just need to, to click the reset button and I need to go do my thing. And like you said, for those, you know, because we use these terms a lot, like as friends, but for those that don't realize what Janelle's saying with like an uncomfortable situation, it's not like, you know, torturing yourself or something like that. It means to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation that promotes growth. Yeah. Like if you go through it, you're going to come out stronger. And I think that was totally, especially, I forgot that that was the first time, um, that was the first time you even flew solo, right? Yeah, I mean, I've flown before that, but that was my very first solo flight literally ever in my entire life across the oh. entire Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, that's, if nothing else, like, that's just, there's too much time to think, you know what I mean? Like, nine hours is too much time to think about oh all the little things of the plane if you're scared of them like me. <laughs> I was horrified. I had to watch so many comedies. Otherwise, if I watched an action movie, I was like, I'm going down, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, so what were some of the cool, th I mean, if, you know, if you want to list this, like, what are some of the cool things that happened, like, in Germany? Because I know that you had talked before, and, like, that was something that was actually helpful. Like, it wasn't just, like, a thought. It's like, no, I actually went, and that really did work. So, like, what were some of the cool things or moments or maybe insights that you got um, while you were out there? Yeah, um, so this is a really interesting um, perspective, I guess. But two kind of really things stick out in my mind. Um, one, the first one is, believe it or not, like politics, like that sounds really weird. But like, what I mean is, you know, we grow up with like this one viewpoint, and normally it's from our parents or whatever, and how the world should be and how things are. And when you go to a different place, you discover that they are living life a completely different way. And that realistically, if you just stay in your hometown, and you're doing the same things, like you're living in a box, um, and mm -hmm. that the world is so big, and there's so many different things. Um, so that was one of the coolest things to really see. And to also have my eyes open to, you know, things like different political points of view and reasons why people feel this way. I mean, the amount of um, <clears throat> nightly intoxicated conversations I've had with foreigners is just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> to put that in the most, uh, you know, conservative sentence I could. We appreciate the transparency, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and um, just things like that is really eye-opening. But also, one thing that I thought was really interesting is going over there and like meeting all these different people that were at my university um, and that were a part of the program I was a part of, none of them have known me my entire life. Like the people back at home, no one knew who Janelle was. So it was like, I had a clean slate. There was no popularity contest type of thing going on. There was no judgment or anything. Like you just met these people and you started sharing stories about your life and you either vibed or you didn't. And I was grateful that, you know, two girls I vibed with amazingly. And they're still two of my best friends that are actually coming to Florida to see me in a few weeks. But um, nice. yeah, awesome. yeah. So awesome. Um, one's from Alaska, one's from California. So it's actually like really dope. But um, anyways, 
yeah, things like that. Like just having this clean slate and like knowing that no one is judging me. No one knows who I was when I was 12 or whatever. Like, and just being able to like find your interests again, you know, and just see like, okay, let's go travel to this country this weekend or let's go here and like, let's meet these people and just letting whatever feels natural for me as a person, like almost intuitively come out. Um, that just helped regain everything. And that was just, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, that kind of already is the one thing I always like to make very clear for people. Cause I think healing is so different from person to person. I mean, even just the diversity and the answers that we've had, um, for the four people total, if you count myself as one, it is just actually ridiculous. Right. So, um, I know you had talked before about, I mean, obviously, anxiety at times, depression, all this kind of stuff. I mean, was this really the moment where this stuff started to go away? I mean, I always, I guess I describe it like this. Let's say, you know, as the depression, all these other issues are getting worse and worse and worse, you know, you almost picture like a line going down and then the line finally goes up and then the top of that line is where you're at today. Like what was the exact moment? And maybe you've already listed it. I just want to be clear for the listeners. What's the exact moment that, okay, we hit the bottom of this, you know, line, and now we're going up. Hmm. I feel like I almost hit two different points because I think the bottom point really, uh, oh my gosh, I feel like there's multiple. So I feel like it's okay. Yeah. It's like an up and down. So like the first bottom hit at the bottom was really when I was dealing with the self-harm and depression and all that stuff. That was the first bottom. Um, the relationship that came out of that was like the peak and then dropping again when, um, you know, I kind of realized I was on my own, didn't know who I was going to Germany was the peak for that. And then it even dropped back down after that, honestly, because I was still dealing with stuff. Um, I still was dealing with the not, not like full blown depression. Like it was never diagnosed, but like, just, I, I couldn't get out of my own head. And I had moments where I would just like lay on the floor and like to bask in my own sorrow basically um Mm -hmm. and dealing with that plus that's when anxiety started to kick in so um I mean I had anxiety during like the first relationship but uh anxiety started to come back in this sense and this is almost when it started shifting to the disordered eating issues that I had going on is when all this started to happen I actually dealt with disordered eating the entire time I was in Germany specifically actually um okay yeah again and if you're comfortable with that i mean that unfortunately is something that is so uh relatable that's a great thing to hit on if you uh again are cool with that yeah no that's fine um yeah so the whole i started dieting i guess in college just trying to lose some weight and it long story short um i tried every diet out there uh low carb counting calories everything um i was running myself into the ground, basically trying to diet. And it turned into a little bit of like binge eating and an obsession over food, like a crazy obsession over food. And that transpired even when I was in Germany. Like I remember days of just like, oh my God, having a dinner of like literally like seven green beans and like one piece of chicken and like not a lot of barbecue sauce because I was scared to have too much. Like it was just, it was just not good. Um, but then on the weekends, eating everything I could drinking, you know, all those type of things. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of like the second down point is when I started to deal with all that. And unfortunately that transpired over like a five year time span following that, um, or going through that, I guess, uh, it kind of started actually in like the middle of the 
relationship with the person that uh, became a drug addict um, and then like went through all my time in Germany and then when I got home and stuff but um, I had so much anxiety with all of that disordered eating because I was constantly thinking about food constantly worrying about gaining weight how I looked in the mirror what people were thinking of my body and being judged in all these other ways um, in an effort to almost just be accepted and I really don't know by who because I like was at a good point when I was in Germany but it just I don't know it just kind of like hit me and came back and um, the anxiety aspect of things is what I, I coped with food basically um, and yeah it led to either eating way too much to handle my emotions or try to control things um, or eating nothing at all because I was like scared of food so um, yeah that that's okay. kind of what came into that. Yeah, and I know that now, um, and obviously we'll touch on this at the end, because of course I want people to know that you do that and offer that. But one of the things is like, you're at a point now where, I mean, you have a pretty damn good handle on this kind of stuff and, and even, you know, help other people with it sometimes. So how did it get to, you know, I know I kind of asked this in a different way with the line thing, but I mean, what what's like the thing though, where it's like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. At least I'm going to try to stop doing this. Did you use a therapist or what were your kind of like methods and modalities for getting over this type of stuff and getting the grip that you have on these things now? And again, I mean, you know, we tell people in the beginning, obviously none of us are living perfect lives. If you've had severe issues with this stuff or long-term issues, I should say, there's always going to be like a little lingering battle, I think. Right. But you, you really do have a good handle on this stuff. So how did that start to happen? What were the steps that were taken to get that control over it? Yeah. So, um, I did not go to a therapist or anything. Actually, honestly, I did not go to a therapist or see any type of professional for any of this stuff going on. Um, this was very much my own healing. Um, but in regards to the disordered eating aspect of things, I hired, um, a nutrition coach, uh, or, you know, a fitness coach at first, um, things were really, really great. I saw great results. Um, but the structure of it, I still became kind of obsessive. And then that's when I hired, um, my second coach, uh, Lauren, that, um, really changed everything for me. She gave me such a different insight onto mindset behind food. And I realized that that was the key to literally everything. Um, and she kind of helped me see that it was possible for me to change. And she was in my corner. Um, and she really just she had struggled with the same thing. So she knew what I was going through. So it was very easy in that regard for her to help me. But um, that was the turning point for me. I think really, really big time was working with someone like that to help me through these issues. And um, it gave me the confidence to, you know, help others and do what I do now. Cool. So one thing I got to ask just as uh, you know, for people listening, cause I'm so big on this that I want to just make it clear for people. Um, and it, Maybe you wouldn't say this, but just to be clear, I'm someone who, you know, I started talking to a professional when I was forced legally to talk to a professional because it was literally someone I was assigned after I'd gotten in trouble. I'm on probation and now I'm assigned to talk to someone. And these people were phenomenally helpful. So I don't ever, you know, try to hide someone's story. If, if someone didn't go to therapy or something like that, that's fine. But I, I got to ask, would you think that, you know, looking back and going back, is that probably a smart thing for some people to do while they're doing everything else just to have that extra level of support or something like that and professionalism too in this whole thing? 
Oh yeah, 100%. I think my entire journey journey would have um, been sped up by a couple of years if I had seen a professional. Okay. Thank, I really appreciate you saying that because again, you know, I would humor whatever someone gives, but um, we, we do have a few friends like that, that have, okay, you know, we did it. Sure. But um, like you just said, there's no shame in that, right? It would have sped up the process probably like tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's like one of the first things um, I always say, ask for help while help- helping yourself and asking for help, you know, means having that first conversation with the professional or depending on how old you are listening to this, it could be a parent, guardian, teacher, guidance counselor, someone like that. Right. And then also realizing, um, you know, as I'm about to kind of have Janelle explain a little more, we have so many different things to help ourselves, and we have a little more power than we think, but in the ideal situation, we wouldn't rely on either of those. We want to be self-empowering and do the things that work for us and explore different things that work for us. And we want to also have that um, external um, support and things like that. So you already touched on this. And I know, like, I mean, it, it's so cool because I wish I almost knew you before because where your mindset is now, like, obviously, you're very focused, very driven, um, powerful personality. And you have, like, big dreams and ambitions, you know, and some people, like, kind of, talk the talk but don't walk the walk and you definitely do both so you talked about um the mindset on the food stuff with lauren and um guys we'll, we'll shout out lauren's thing too because lauren's awesome as well but um that's a mutual friend of ours and i want to talk about the mindset on food first and then just mindset like in general because i know you've done so many things to shift the mindset so for people listening when you said mindset around food is key like what does that mean um for you like what would you give the people like in a little summary or something like what does that mean Oh, okay. Um, oh, my, my coaching mind is going crazy right now. Um, mindset around <laughs> food. <laughs> um, I think, okay, some of the hands down, probably the most important thing with mindset around food is um, to stop focusing on results and focus on the process of things. Um, but also to realize that it's important to be progressing forward every day in some type of way, instead of striving for perfection. So many people, when they try to diet, they strive for perfection when they're trying to do it versus just getting a little bit better than they were yesterday. Or they focus on seeing a certain weight on the scale or looking a certain way. And that's all they have in their mind. And they can be accomplishing so many goals, but because they're not there yet, they don't appreciate what they've already gotten through. Um, so taking the time to realize those mini accomplishments, no matter how big or how small that they really are. Um, but also to, you know, not demonize food. So many people look at carbs and they're like, they're the worst thing in the entire world and that they make you fat when really like, that's not true at all. Um, but in their mind, they're demonizing it because they've, they've heard that online or something like that. And realizing that food has so much power. Um, it is fuel for our bodies, but it's also medicine. It also, heals us and it it wants us to thrive and we physically need it for our bodies to thrive and to kind of take the aesthetic aspect of nutrition and eating out of it um, and realize that if we are treating with our our bodies with respect by fueling it properly and um, in a way that is in congruency with our activity levels, all those different things, um, we will thrive on the outside as just a result of that. Um, So really just shifting it from you know, maybe I'm trying to diet just to look a certain way and just being like, no, I want to change my life. and I want to feel better and I want to eat well and all those things. Um, I think that's just some of the biggest mindset things around food that really come to me right away. 
That's cool. All right. No, that was perfect. That's awesome. Um, also, I got to ask, uh, this is kind of just like a side question before we talk about other like general mindset stuff. What, do you think, um, did you and Lauren both have something in common in that you're very transparent on social media, which I love because I, I really do believe social media. And I try not to be victim of this myself and, and engage in this, but social media is a highlight reel that's not even real. You know, we edit it to look a little better than it actually is. And we certainly don't post the bad stuff, but you guys do a great job of, of doing all that kind of stuff. So where, how do you think social media or even media in general plays a role? Does it create, you know, some people say, say that it like creates unrealistic expectations for people. And that might be where some of this stuff comes from with the issues with eating. Would you agree with that, that a lot of this stuff online is maybe edited or not even necessarily real and that's what's giving people these perceptions of oh i'm supposed to look this certain way or that way and i don't but that thing that they're desiring might not even be real do you like agree with that do you think that's like, a huge component in all this stuff oh 100 percent. they're oh my god i honestly i didn't even realize how how much social media social media was a highlight reel especially fitness like influencers and fitness models and this like that how much straight up it's just fake a lot of the times um until I got into the industry myself and you know I'm a coach myself and stuff and I start hearing inside scoops on like what other big fitness influencers are doing and stuff like that and um yeah there's so many times that photos are just edited like crazy and I'm not talking about like making a photo look bright and colorful and pretty (laughs) sure sure. (laughs) I mean like altering someone's body to make it look thinner or like you know doing things like that unfortunately even down to girls getting like um their boobs done or like cosmetic surgery all that stuff um it's fake it's all for show and I will say you know there are some influencers out there and people that are 100% real and natural they don't alter themselves in any type of way but there are a lot that tailor their body and it does only show a highlight reel and it makes the consumer feel bad about themselves because they don't look that way. They're not like that. They don't have a life like that, but it's like, it shouldn't be about that. And I've always made like a promise from the beginning that I'll never alter my body in photos. I'll never do anything like that. Like if I gain some weight, here you go. You know what I mean? Nice. That's all. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that definitely plays a role into things. And yeah, I try my best to be as transparent as I can with my audience. Cool. And that's like, you're definitely, you know, a front runner on that trend. Cause we are seeing that like it is starting to happen and I'm, I'm really glad it's happening. And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is, and this goes for guys and girls. Cause guys, people, girls do this as well. There's a lot of people in the fitness space. They're just straight up on drugs. Like they're mm-hmm. on anabolic steroids and stuff. And you're looking at these people, like how are they putting up these numbers or how do they get these results? And it's like, again, you know, I'm not here. I don't like to judge anyone, right. As long as they're not hurting other people. I mean, whatever you want to do is your thing, but don't, we can't let ourselves because I've been fooled a million times by these people thinking that stuff that they had was realistic. And it's like, it's just not, you know what I mean, because they're mm-hmm. using things that are exogenous and, and it's supporting, um, you know, levels of muscle or levels of strength that the human body is just simply not capable of doing normally. So yeah, you have the photoshops of the world and all these different ways of editing things. And then you have the actual fact that in real life, even if they did look like that, that might not be necessarily real or healthy or safe. So um, I, I think that's just super important to touch on. I like that you're kind of the first person that's been on this podcast touching on that subject because, I, you know, in a way, I, I can't necessarily really, I don't think as much as um, a lot of females out there, but even as a guy, right? Like, I mean, I'm a leaner dude and 
I'm looking at, you know, I see people all the time, like, wow, like, dude, that dude's like jacked up. Like, how do you get like that? And you're like, oh, well, $300 worth of steroids in his butt per month. You know, that's how he looks like mm-hmm. that. And again, not disqualifying anyone's hard work because most of these people still work very hard in the gym, but some of the stuff's just straight up not possible or definitely not realistic in the time frame um, that they're getting it. So it, it's super important to talk about. And um, the fundamental thing is, right, we should just learn to be comfortable with doing the best that we can because regardless of what anyone else looks like, we want to get to the point where that doesn't affect us. And that's much easier said than done. Um, but it is still um, a cool thing. So I, right, obviously we've got some pretty good time in here already. I just want to, I definitely want to talk about more of the positive stuff. Cause I know you just talked about the mindset on food, but I think you've mentioned before to me that you've done a lot of little different things that have gotten you to where you're at now. So from a more like general sense, maybe, and it doesn't matter if it's the, like this exact number, but what's like two, three, four, five things that have been super helpful in just getting to where you're at now with a more positive mindset. Um, obviously you have your own business and, and things like that. Like what were the changes and where can some people start if they want to like maybe change their life around or get their mindset better? Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest things that I never, I hated growing up, I hated being forced to do this and it ended up being probably the biggest thing. Um, I know my dad's going to listen to this and he's going to be like, yeah, like he's going to be so excited when I say this, but personal (laughs) development in any type of way was the biggest thing for me. Um, Growing up, like my dad, that was like, this is so weird. This is like very unconventional from your normal way of being punished. But um, whenever I was grounded or like whatever, I was forced to literally read personal development books. And, um, you know, he would. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it so was like, I've never heard that. Yeah, it was crazy. He would make me read like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon <laughs> Hill and like all these crazy books. And I'm like, you know, 14 year old Janelle. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I, I hated it. I could not stand it. He wanted me to like write essays on it. And he's like, you can't, you're not getting your cell phone back until you do this. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but transpiring into everything that has happened in my life. um, It's been everything like listening to podcasts that were uplifting. Um just to start rattling off some names, even if you're someone that is, whether it's regards to business or just wanting to uplevel your life in any type of way. Um, one person that comes to my mind is Eric Thomas. He's the dude. He's so awesome. Um, different people like Napoleon Hill, Jim Rohn is amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of a few like other people that I really listen to that aren't like business related. Um, uh, who else? Like Dale Carnegie is really good. Darren mm-hmm. Hardy um, all these different people, they, Darren Hardy, the compound effect is actually amazing. It's really, really yep. great. But um, really diving into these books that, like I said, were forced upon me, but ended up being so pivotal in my life was massive. Um, and then reading oh, one, one book that's really, two books that's actually really good for girls. And I'm literally getting up right now to pick them up and read the titles properly for you. Um, (laughs) is you are a badass, how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life by Jen Cicero. Um, that book is amazing. And then the book, I am that girl, how to speak your truth, discover your purpose and hashtag be that girl by Alexis Jones. Those two books are amazing. Um, but yeah, just taking the time to dive into these books and listen to, you know, podcasts, you can get them on audible, whatever you need to do to listen to them in any type of way. Like there's no excuse on your commute to work to listen to an hour long chapter of a podcast or whatever audible. Um, that was the biggest thing. That was the number one biggest thing I think is doing that. Um, 
also something very different, like positive affirmations, um, writing down in a journal, the things you love about yourself, or actually listing goals that you want for yourself in your life. So I have by my room looks like a crazy person. I have sticky notes everywhere of like, you know, you are a badass. You're amazing. Like you're this, you're that. Like I wake up and I read a note card of all affirmations. I have, um, you know, a list of all the things that the highest version of Janelle is. And I like read it every morning, like doing things like that, even though it looks crazy, it sounds crazy. Um, it puts me in an abundant mindset every single day and it it's so powerful and it realize, it makes you realize like you have so much power within you to accomplish these things. Even when like, if you just have a goal in mind and you just have a vision of what you want for yourself in your life and you know, what you want to accomplish, even if your current reality doesn't look anything like that, if you just keep thinking about that and you just keep that like, you know, eye on the prize type of thing, tunnel vision, you can accomplish these things. Even if it comes down to simply getting out of an unhealthy relationship or overcoming an eating disorder or, you know, getting through depression, whatever it is, like all these different things, you still can accomplish them. And um, the, I think the last biggest thing is, you know, surrounding yourself with people that have the same type of mindset. Um, I really only still have like maybe three or four close friends from when I was younger and the entire I guess, group of people that I hang out with now or that I'm friends with, um, you know, you, you included, like are all new people that I've only met within the past year or two, but they have changed my life. So in a good way, you know, they're driven, have businesses, have goals, are positive, uplift me. You know, I have, I have a friend, um, Graham, he like calls me every morning just to tell me I'm amazing. Like, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) with his little rocket ship. That sounds like Graham. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think those are, in a nutshell, those three things, personal development, um, affirmations, and a good group of people is, it can transform your life. And that's the case for me, actually, hands down. It's so cool, because a lot of what you just said is like the one thing that keeps being repeated throughout these stories. Like, we do a 60 minute session, roughly, and everything's pretty much different. Except, you know, kind of the beginning part where, okay, we didn't come out of the womb with mental health issues. We were otherwise normal. And this uh, personal development, the quote unquote cheesy, quote unquote self-help type stuff, right, is like it's somehow uh, like looked at as like a bad thing, right, in society. And this stuff has been so powerful for everyone that's been on this podcast so far, including myself. And I like that you said the affirmations thing because I know some people won't even admit that they do stuff like that because it sounds silly. I, I'm just like, I try to break this stuff down simply, right? Like, how did you come up with your name, Janelle or Evan, right? Like your parents call you Evan enough or Janelle enough. One day you finally turn your head and you just accept it, right? And it's like the simplest mm-hmm. way of looking at it. But like, seriously, if you tell yourself over and over and over again something, like your mind is going to eventually believe it, right? And, and this stuff's just so powerful, especially when you add the emotion into it. And, you know, you're happy while you're visualizing your goals or saying these things. I mean, this is just it's such cool stuff. So um, a lot of what Janelle just said, guys, can be summarized with this. She's so careful about what she's surrounding herself with and what she's putting into her ears and eyes. You know what I mean? Like if you consume good stuff, both in food, right, and information and in relationships and friends, I mean, this stuff can change your life. And our, our whole kind of group that we hang out with, yeah, that's one of the reasons we all came together. 
Because you're right. I mean, the longest friend that I've had in that entire group is Lauren and Bennett, five and a half years. Everyone else is pretty much under a year and a half. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's crazy to think that we're all coming together like that. It's just really, really awesome. So um, my final kind of question for you is where, and I know we already alluded to this, but where did this all come to? Like, where did this lead you to today? Because I know you're super passionate about this stuff. Um, like, where's Janelle at now? And what do you do? Yeah, so me now, um, I recently just made the big leap of faith to move from lovely Jersey down to Florida by myself. Um, I have a roommate, but like do all that stuff, but mainly to consider, I mean, to consider, to continue um, pursuing my passion as an online health and fitness coach. Um, I have been coaching for, I say, coming up to about a year now um, on and off. Um, maybe a little bit less than a year. Um, and it's finally getting to the point where it is um, projected to be full time by the end of the year or even in a few months, maybe less nice. than that, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so everything that I have gone through has um, led me to the point now where I have my own business. I'm in a completely different career than what I graduated college with, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I am an online health and fitness coach specifically helping um, busy, ambitious women really kind of, you know, overcome the yo-yo dieting people that have tried it all and really show them that they can achieve their goals. They can have this um, body that they love, but also love their body at the same exact time um, and also heal their mindset and heal their relationship with food and really create a sustainable lifestyle change when it comes to uh, health, fitness, nutrition and everything. So that is my passion. That is what I do, um, and I'm obsessed with it in every single possible way. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you can just <laughs> tell when someone's passionate, right? You can hear it in their voice, and that's what's so cool. And guys, you know, we just talked about consuming the right information. That includes, you know, what we're viewing on the media or social media and things like that. And Janelle is just constantly posting um, good, positive, and helpful um, and real content via her like Instagram stories and, and Instagram itself. So where can they find you? What are the main things that you want people to follow you on or the main thing? Yeah. So the main thing right now is my, um, Instagram. It is at Janelle, G E N E L L E Ariel, A R I E L. Um, and then the, you know, if I have two accounts, I like have the same name, but it's the one that has the health coach next to it. Um, but yeah, that is my main hub right now. I'm actually creating a Facebook group soon. I'm getting that kind of started this weekend and next week, but right now there's where you can find me. You can follow me. You can learn all about my program, who I am as a person and just, you know, have a lifelong virtual friend, AKA me. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So guys that's at, um, on Instagram at G E N E L L E A R. I-E-L, Janelle Ariel, on Instagram. If you guys just even appreciated the podcast, I mean, I totally would love if you guys go shout her a follow, shoot her a DM, and just say, hey, you know, this kind of helped me today because um, Janelle's really just been able to turn things around. I think it's awesome. And it's it's very obvious in someone's voice and presence, you know, where they're at. And it's clear that, you know, she did overcome this stuff. And it's just really awesome. It's it's super inspiring. So, Janelle, I really appreciate – um, you sharing your story here today. I promised you guys I'd give you um, two little shout outs, or excuse me, um, a shout out of our friend as well. So if you guys are ever interested, um, Lauren's also a good friend of ours. So that's at L-A-U-R-E-N-O-N-E-S-I, Lauren Onisi um, on Instagram. If you're going to um, you know, shoot uh, Janelle or myself a follow, please shoot uh, Lauren one as well. Just you know, 
we try to be as positive as possible and always share good stuff with people. So um, my final thing, I lied when I said my other final thing, because I forgot my, my favorite mm. question to ask. What is, and this could mean anything. It's whatever the first thing that comes to your head is. If you had one message for people listening to this, what is that one message? Whether you can or you can't, you're right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and you know, I've you want me to elaborate on that? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. I, I should have, I should have, I said it too <clears throat> fast, but it's really whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're always right. So, what I mean by that is no matter what it is in your life, if you think you can do something, you can do it and you will put in the effort to do it. And if you think you can't do something, you are also right because you won't allow yourself to do it because you like, you know, kind of limit yourself from taking action on doing something. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. No matter what you tell yourself, you're right. Okay. I love that guys at Janelle Ariel on Instagram. Hey, if you like stories like these and you think it could be powerful, um, in your schools or something like that for young adults to hear. Uh, my name is Evan Transu. I'm a professional speaker with Minding Your Mind, um, mindingyourmind.org, that is. And one of the reasons I'm so passionate about doing this podcast is because I've realized the effects that stories from real people can have on um, you know, our minds when we get to hear them. So if you guys are ever interested in anything like that, please uh, check out the website, see what we're all about. I'd be happy to be I'm a speaker in your school, or we have many other people that do this as well. And perhaps their stories be more relatable. You can check those all out on the website under the speaker section. If you have any questions, you can read out, reach out to me at Evan at mindingyourmind.org. But for now, you've been listening to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast with Evan Transu, health coach Ev, and uh, Janelle Ariel, um, health coach Janelle, actually, as well. So <laughs> kind of funny how that worked out. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.